in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club. The Sun Coast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night with shows at 7 and 9.30. The Dallas Cowboys are 3-0 with Cooper Rush at quarterback after beating Washington on Sunday. They also beat Cincinnati and the New York Giants. Quarterback controversy, Ed? I mean, with Jarrah, he said it. If Cooper Rush goes three and zero, four and zero, he'd like he'd like that controversy. He thinks it would be good for the competition, but they now play the Eagles and the Rams. Uh, is Dak back this week to play the Rams? I mean, I think Dak's like I better get back. This guy keeps winning games. He's four and zero as a starter in his career now. First, I saw Gelkin's tweet this morning. I think there's I don't know how many four and zero starters since I don't know how long ago. It's it's been a while, so um. Because he won his last start. Uh, I think Dak's probably like, uh, I don't need this guy to win any more games. But again, they're about to play real teams now. Right. They play the Rams and the Eagles. I think it would if, if the concern is the team keeps winning with Cooper, Cooper Rush, Rush, you actually want him to play the next two weeks because they're going to lose to the Rams and the Eagles with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Yeah. And then he's no longer undefeated. Whereas, again, we talked about this last week. If Dak comes back, there's a legitimate chance that the Cowboys are three and three, where Dak is zero and three as a starter, and Cooper Rush is three and zero as a starter. But the losses for Dak would have been to Tampa, L.A., and, and Philly. Philly, whereas Cooper Rush would have beaten Washington, Cincinnati, and the New York Giants. Yeah. Isn't this kind of life imitating life? Isn't this the exact same thing that Dak did in order to get the job? Kind of not play that well, but. The defense was good, and he handed the ball off, and they were like, we can't go back to Tony Romo. Back when Zeke Elliott was Zeke Elliott? Yeah. You sense any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Phil? <laughs> the commanders are expected to activate Brian Robinson this week. Doesn't mean he'll actually play in week five, but he is eligible to do so. Uh, Brian Robinson is the rookie running back that suffered two gunshot wounds just before the season started. Obviously, we're not doctors, but if you had told me back when we heard the news that he suffered multiple gunshot wounds, that he would be activated for week five and potentially been playing shocked. in week six or yep. seven, I would have been, yeah, I guess, stunned, right? I mean, that seems like a... that like To me, that was a... Obviously, season-ending, but maybe even career-ending type thing. Yeah. And he might be back in week yeah. six, seven, or eight or something like that. That's... Phenomenal for Brian Robinson. I mean, to come back from that is, like you said, two gunshot wounds. There's just no way you thought he was going to play this year. Yeah, absolutely not. And he's going to be most likely going to be activated and then could potentially play. in. I mean, he could play in week five, but the Ian Rappaport story says it won't be expected until later. So six, seven or eight, something like that. I'm not going to talk extended as we sit here. We did what we needed to do to put ourselves in position to win this game and um, we'll do it again. Um, but I like to just keep it where we are in terms of what transpired here today. We'll deal with next week, next week. The Steelers benched Mitch Trubisky for Kenny Pickett. They were down 10-6 at the half against the Jets. Uh, Kenny Pickett ended up throwing an interception on his first pass. I mean, threw a deep ball. The um, last name 
Had to happen. There you go. Um, the Steelers still lost to the Jets. Kenny Pickett did not inspire a come-from-behind win for Pittsburgh. My question is this. It's the same question I had at the beginning of the season. Why did they give Mitch Trubisky any game time at all? Because I think they thought Mitch Trubisky could get them to the playoffs. Were they stupid? Well, I don't know. Did you see Kenny Pickett? <laughs> I mean... I didn't think he was that great. But it's Mitch. We know Mitch Trubisky sucks. We don't know if Kenny Pickett sucks. Well, he might not know. (laughs) I mean, also, it's one game and Kenny Pickett's, what, 22? At the oldest. Yeah, but we've seen Mitch Trubisky for several years consistently be god-awful. Like, if you're, like, we've talked about this a lot before, and one of the arguments that comes up is... Well, you want your rookie quarterback to sit and learn for a year, right? And then maybe he'll be better off in year two. Why are you why are you doing pulling the trigger three and a half games in then? Like if the thought process is we need our rookie quarterback right, to sit to and sit learn and to learn. Then you then you actually let I him guess sit you and stay learn. with Mitch Trubisky. Right. But they, they pull like this is the this is the worst thing they could have done. This is like right. well, he has to be the guy now. Right. Oh yeah. But this is the worst thing the they guy. could have done. They either mm. start him from week one or actually let him sit but don't hey middle of and by the way Pickett was asked afterwards did you have any idea you'd come in and he said no they didn't tell me that i might be playing this week so this was just middle Out of, of the game blue. four ah, we gotta, yeah we got to change everything we're doing it's still it, they they mishandled this like yeah. either let the guy sit or actually play him from week one because again it's mitch trubisky it's not aaron Rodgers sitting behind brett Favre, where Favre's you know a hall of famer it's not it's not even alex smith Mitch Trubisky sucks. We all know that. That is fair. I will say we do have one example of pulling the young guy for the old guy, and it's it worked out at least a few weeks ago it had worked out, and that's Tua. So maybe you just keep using, you do the rotation system. But here's the thing. Trubisky's not even Ryan Fitzpatrick. Good Lord. Like, if they if they had had Ryan Fitzpatrick from a couple years ago, I would have said, okay, Fitzpatrick can get you to eight or nine wins. Trubisky's bad. Think, you think he's I, the guy now? I think I think Ryan Fitzpatrick right now would be better than Trubisky. I, yes, yes. I think I think they need to call the Thursday night football booth and go, look, man, just just as long as we're not playing, you can keep doing that, but we need you to come in and close. I mean, he has to be the guy now, right? Pick it? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you go back to Trubisky now. What do you do? Like that'd be even worse. Hey, let's than... go ahead and kill this kid's confidence. Yeah. All he's seen is another guy play terribly. And they're like, well, he's, we still like him better than you. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I did want to get to this game. The Vikings beat the Saints 25-22 oh, in yeah. London. Will Lutz, the Saints kicker, missed a 61-yard field goal as time expired. He managed to hit the upright and the crossbar, and it bounced out. Uh, that's brutal. Brutal if you're a kicker. Brutal if you're... What a game, though, back and forth there in the end. Those London fans are probably going crazy about it. And then especially with all the kicks, right? Yeah, they love especially kicking. They, love they were kicking. like, they they were like enough goals. with all this throwing yeah, these throwing and, and running. Where is the kickers? We came to watch uh, Oh, absolutely. Greg and Will kick yeah. it out. We don't want yeah. to see Kirk no. and uh, Andy throw no. it around there. Uh, the Saints, by the way, played that game without Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. And had a ball bounce away right. just before they lost the game. So... Minnesota's three and one, and their only loss is the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. But I don't think they're any good. Yeah. Like they did beat Green Bay, so I guess they maybe have a chance. In and that they division, beat them badly, but they're not any good, right? 
Like you don't beat the Saints by three when they they're don't. They're better have... than the Broncos. Yes, I agree with that. I concur. Uh, they're Kirk, better than the Broncos. Kirk Cousins on the Sunday 10 a.m. Pacific time zone or time window. Great quarterback. If he's the only game playing, bad quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but if he's playing in that early time slot, excellent. Next question. Ole Miss beat Kentucky 22 <laughs> to 19. Uh, did you know Kentucky's quarterback, Will Levin, is apparently one of the best quarterbacks in the country? I did not know that. Uh, is he one of these guys who are one of the best quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in the in the quarterback deep draft? Todd McShay is a, one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL draft Being for drafted. this okay. season. Uh, Kentucky also, by the way, ranked number seven in the country. Yeah, um, kind of. They've been they've actually been pretty good for a couple of seasons now. But Will Levin fumbled twice in the fourth quarter when Kentucky was in field goal range down by three points. However, did you see the fight in the, I in saw the stands? It. I'm rewatching it now. This is. Um, did you wear one of these? Uh, did you wear one of these blue suits when you're in Mississippi? Okay, absolutely not. Uh, there's no chance I would ever wear. Kids? Yeah, I would ever wear a suit to a football game. So what you have here, what you're looking at with this fight, is uh, these are fraternity pledges. Yes, that are uh, they're trying to get into a fraternity. They've uh, they're sort of in the application process, right. uh, and All they in are their suits. They are required to wear the same type of suit blue blazer khaki pants two football games but here's here's the actual funny part of this the Ole Miss student section is first come first serve like most student sections are and what these kids in these suits had to do is they had to be there when the gates opened run down and get the best seat they possibly could and then once somebody that's actually in the fraternity shows up they have to leave and give their seat up to that person in the fraternity and then they have to go sit at the back of the student section which is where this fight took place and this is all Ole Miss kids oh yeah this is the Ole Miss student section yeah yeah, they're just fighting with each other so the other kids are fighting the pledges yeah yeah they're just fighting with each other I it's it's just chaos and I can't still can't believe people wear suits to football games it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. People at Ole Miss, like, they wear suits. That's like an old-time, old-time school fraternity pledge situation. Oh, yeah, 100%. When I was there, I think Ole Miss was number one in the country in percentage of the uh, student body that was in a fraternity or sorority. It's big. Did you see you kids walking pick. around in suits? The football games? Yeah. They don't wear them to, like, class and stuff. Well. <laughs> I they mean, wear them pledges in the, in the Mississippi fraternities. I'm surprised they don't. Yeah, they. But yeah, they wear, wear them to football games all the time. Half the damn student section is kids in suits. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Great question. Thank you. Oklahoma has lost two games in a row. They lost to Kansas State last weekend, and then they got blown out by TCU, 55 to 24. Um, does Oklahoma suck now that they've lost Bob Stutz and Lincoln Riley? Uh, I'll have to do sidebar here. The sun was at this game, giving oh. me giving me texts from TCU. Look at and, that! Uh, yeah, what a what a complete uh, beatdown by the uh, Horn Frog. So here's my my initial thought would have been that Oklahoma is going to be good no matter who the coach is, right? Like that that that's a program right. that right. any coach there is going to be good. But are they the next Nebraska? That's bad. They are joining the SEC in, well, it's going to be like four it's years. It's going to be a long time. But they're joining the SEC. They're a plain state, right? They're the middle of the country mm-hmm. where there's no, like, Nebraska and Oklahoma are basically the same mm-hmm. same thing. Are they? The, Geographically, They yeah. might be the next Nebraska where they join a big conference 
And if they don't have an, a top-level coach, one of the five best in the country, Oklahoma could fall off, right? This is the overreaction to two games, two, lose, two losses, but... I don't think it's that crazy to think that Oklahoma could be on a path like Nebraska is. Especially because when they go to the SEC, what are they, the fourth, fifth best program in that in that conference? If at the most, yeah. right now, if, if things continue to the way they are with the top of the SEC. Yeah. So, I again, overreaction, but... Texas will be better than them. Maybe. Texas is always, hey, they're going to be good, and then eh, they won eight games. Did Wisconsin fire their coach they after did. losing yes, to did. Illinois? They yes. did. Paul Chris was fired last night. Get him out of here. They don't fire okay. coaches didn't a lot. He, yeah, didn't he have like a 60% yeah. win? They don't They don't fire coaches there much at all. I don't, I remember I saw a stat this morning. It's been, well, Barry Alvarez was the coach for like right. 100 years. Yeah, so. but he also, when, and then when he went up then he to, went to the athletic director. Yeah, and every time their coach would get poached, he would go ahead and coach And them. come back and, <laughs> and why, why he always he coached the interim? The, he always coached the bowl games. Yes, and he got it. In, he put it in his contract that if he won the bowl game, he got an extra five hundred thousand yes. dollars. Hey, when you're right. the AD, you can do things like that. <laughs> yes, I will sign this contract. That's a great, great question. Manchester oh, that's also City was about bathroom breaks. <laughs> Manchester City beat Manchester United six to three on Sunday. I need to just give you some stats <sighs> here on Erling Haaland. That, he scored a hat-trick, his third hat-trick of the season. He has three hat-tricks in eight games. The previous record in the Premier League for fewest amount of games to record three hat-tricks was 48. He's done it in eight games. He has 14 goals so far in the Premier League this year. There are 14 teams in the Premier League that have scored fewer goals than Erling Haaland has all by himself. He's not going to be in the World Cup because he's Norwegian and Norway didn't qualify. Is that good? Uh, yeah, he's very good. <laughs> it's it's bad for us that he's not in the World Cup because I want to watch this guy in the right. World Cup. Unless he played the United States. I want to watch this guy play in the World Cup because he is phenomenal. He was great in Germany for uh, Dortmund. and But, you know, Dortmund, Germany's usually not considered as good as the Premier League. Dortmund is a solid team. But he is on the best team in, in England. And he is, like, making this league look like a joke. He's making the. He's got fourteen goals in eight games. Ridiculous. Three hat tricks in eight games it's is amazing. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's incredible how good he is. <laughs> That's like the soccer equivalent of no, nah, no, nah, throw it long. Randy will get it. <laughs> it basically is. And I would say this: if Erling Haaland was American, we'd win the World Cup. Really? We would Whoa. win the World Cup if Whoa. this guy was American. Just one guy in the entire world. The guys who had those results against Japan and Saudi Arabia? We would win the World Cup. Because that's our weakest position, is what he plays. And it's the most important one, because you score goals. We would win the World Cup if this guy was American. Guaranteed. Big... When, do we, uh, when, when do we just call him by one name? Holland. Okay, so that's the... Kind of, yeah, they already do. I mean, his first and last name are both unique enough that you could call him by either one and everybody would know who you're talking about. But yeah, Holland, he already kind of is. Okay. Because I think that's that's the yeah the classification. No, great great question. No, we need to go to break. Jesus. Yes, we do. All I right. was kind of the tried. front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday with shows at seven and nine. They were running the you know the the boot scheme you know and they were pulling guys with that you know so it makes it hard on the on the linebackers in terms of their eyes. Um, so I think it was a good scheme. We had to adjust to it. And we needed to do it a little bit quicker. 
Uh, we made that adjustment. We end up stuffing that play, you know, going forward. But uh, he's a good athlete. You know, he's a lot faster than you think, and we know he's fast. And uh, he's a, he's a good player on the perimeter, and that's a, certainly a weapon that you can use on offense. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. That was about Daniel Jones. I thought, because I don't know what Nathaniel Hackett sounds like, I thought that was Nathaniel Hackett talking about Derek Carr. I just enjoyed Daniel Jones. He's fast. Hey, remember he had that like 80-yard run where he tripped over his own feet. He was too That's fast good for his own good. That's yeah. good scouting. I've done that in the past. Uh, yeah, you have. You're good at that. He's big. He's fast. What's Derek Carr? He had like 40-something yards rushing on like five carries yesterday. I don't want to say spry. I actually think spry. <laughs> spry by spry? Shockingly fast. Yeah, I don't he's know not, if he's fast. He's not that fast, fast is yeah. the right no, word? he's not fast. He can move? Yeah, he can move. He's got some wiggle. He's what other cliches do we got? Some wiggle. It's okay, hold on. We'll we'll get to this Bruce Cassidy quote on the Golden Knights in a minute. How many more times will Derek Carr have a rushing game like that? And I don't mean 40 yards, but how many more times will Derek Carr, I'll say twice, in one game, how many times will he twice scramble for a first down of more than like two yards? Oh, I mean, given the pass protection, he's got a pretty good, he's got a pretty good chance to do that every game. I think that he's, yeah, I think he's going to have to. Because yeah. we, We've talked about Carr and his, whatever, ability in the pocket to make things happen when the offensive line breaks down or when the play breaks down in general. And that's been a big negative of Carr's game. He's not very good in the pocket when things aren't perfect. Yesterday, he got out of the pocket and ran for multiple yards, multiple times. It wasn't like, ah, he scrambled for two yards. The guy ran for 40-plus yards on five carries. And I'm curious, we'll get to that point. It's a good point, Jared. We'll get to that point in a second. But I'm curious, can he keep doing that? Because if he can, the... I mean, I don't see why he couldn't. The problems of the offensive line will be... Minimized. Less significant. They're still going to be significant, but less so if he can get out of a, you know, bad situation where somebody got beat and run for five, six yards or whatever the first down marker is, like... Can he keep doing that? Because that's not something we've we've really seen. We've seen it a few times. That's something we've really seen from him over eight years as a quarterback. And he did it yesterday. Yeah. If he, if he keeps doing I that. I think he can keep doing it. Offense will be good. I mean, if just again, twice a game, I think, would be a big deal. Especially if he does it on third down. You think down. he's more athletic than he's given credit for? And no, he's probably the right amount of... He probably gets the right amount of credit for how athletic he is. Right? Nobody calls him like an unathletic, he can't move quarterback. No. And I think that that's fair. Like he's a, he's an average, like as far as running the ball, he's an average athlete for the quarterback position, right? Oh, comparatively. Yes. Yeah. Like, obviously he's not a running quarterback. Obviously nobody's, nobody's game planning for Derek Carr to run for 40 yards, but he's not, you know, Tom Brady. He's not, you know, what the Mannings were when the Mannings were playing where they're like, oh, that guy's not moving. He's in the pocket. He'll move in the pocket, but that's as far as it gets. Like, He's, I feel like he's right average for a quarterback's mobility, and that's probably what most people would guess, I think, at the end of the day, right? All right, let's get to this Bruce Cassidy quote. Go back to Friday. The Golden Knights lost to the Sharks on Friday in an uh, exhibition game, preseason game, 7-3. to three. 
And the interesting part about that is this is the closest thing to a full lineup we have seen from the Golden Knights in preseason. Defensively, Alex Trangelo, Shea Theodore, Alec Martinez, Braden McNabb all played, plus all of the expected top six play. Mm-hmm. Marcia So, Eichel, Stone, Kessel, Smith, and Chandler Stevenson. All six of the top uh, six or expected top six played in that game. So that was a top six, a top four, about as close as you can get or have in a preseason game to the actual lineup. And they gave up seven goals. Aiden Hill of, and Net. How big of a deal is that to you? Aiden Hill and Net. Although they had some, they had, for the first time, I think you saw that there might be a ways away with understanding his defensive system. They had some, I mean, Braden McNabb was not good. They had some they had some problems in front of the net, as Stone said afterwards, that were not good in terms of breakdown. So, yeah, I mean, they they better figure that part out of it. Bruce Cassidy said after the game, it's an attention getter. You've played your games. You've been at training camp. We're not nearly where we need to be. So we've got to get the hell back to work <laughs> the next time we reconvene. That, to me, is the message that will be sent when we get back together. How happy do you think Bruce Cassidy was that after this game, they all went to Montana? <laughs> like the annual Montana trip? Play I, some golf? I feel like this this happens every year, right? They have a bad preseason game right before they go to then Montana. Then they head to Montana? Yeah. Play some golf? And get, the coach you know, can't like, relax? Coach can't be the right amount of angry at him because no, they're in Montana. You're in Montana, Bill Foley's uh, place. So, it's a preseason game. I don't know how much we should put into it, but I am curious... Are we overrating or do we have the wrong expectations for, hey, Bruce Cassidy's Boston teams were great defensively. And of course, this team is going to be great defensively. Right. Well, I think away. at this point to make that assumption it would be completely wrong that they're going to be great defensively, especially and, after what we saw the other night. Yeah. Like, will it like I, I, I expect at some point in the season, the team's going to be good defensively, but is it going to take time? Like, yeah. is it? Are we actually going to be talking about like, ah, it's going to take them twenty games before they're all comfortable and they're great? And how they play that defensive zone? I don't know. That feels like that shouldn't be the case, right? Like, shouldn't you hockey mean it, players? It, they should know it right away. Well, what's Bruce Cassidy doing? Is Bruce Cassidy running some system that these guys have never heard of? That can't be true. Like, this has got to. There's got to be some basic principles there. That, no, but Petrangelo said. I talked to Petrangelo after practice the other day, and he did say. When you do something for several years in a row, it does take time. Okay. I mean, I don't know how much time it takes, but he does say, he said, we did the same thing for, you know, what, two, three years under Pete or how two and a half years, however long Pete was there. He says it does take some time to get used to it. He said, but he he thought they would, he thought they would get used to it fast. And then a night later they gave up seven to San Jose. (laughs) So they're not used to it yet. It's just, it's interesting because I, I don't know. I feel like it shouldn't take that long. Okay. And again, preseason game but they gave up seven mm-hmm. this wasn't a case of like ah we had two breakdowns and we gave up gold they, they gave up seven in a game and i don't know i just it to me it feels like okay sure you might have two or three instances in a game where ah your muscle memory was like ah, i need to go here because that's what we used to do right. but in, right. in reality i need to be somewhere I else i need to be because, somewhere else and pick up that guy and like okay that happens a couple of times but it shouldn't lead to seven goals right it should lead to, okay we gave up four tonight i mean i was there and i can't tell you how many were on aiden hill 
how many were on defensively. Well, and so that might be the other concern. Aiden Hill is going to be on this roster. You, he is now. They just put did, right. Did, was Hutchinson claimed? I did not see that he was. Uh, so he should be in the AHL. But like Aiden Hill's on this roster, they're going to have to win games with Aiden Hill in net. Yeah. Like even if Logan Thompson is great, you're not playing Logan Thompson 82 games. They're gonna have to win with Aiden Hill and Net, and if he's the problem, they got issues there too. All right, coming up next, Mike Gramala joins the show. They're empty in the secondary. Snap Rogers against zero coverage. Throws right side. Dobbs back shoulder. Touchdown, Green Bay Packers. Oh, what a throw! What an adjustment by the rookie, Romeo Dobbs. Play a day makes the catch. In the end, you know, Rogers is just too good. Um, he made some some throws that only Rogers can make. We had, we had pretty good coverage on, on some of those, and he just, you know, he's just too smart, too good, too accurate. And in the end, he just, he got us. We couldn't quite do enough, uh, you know, in the other areas to, to quite offset it. Um, but Bailey really competed well. But a lot of guys compete well. We just obviously came up a little bit short. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Mike Grimala from the Las Vegas Sun. Uh, this type of question has been escalating every week, but I'm going to ask it to you this way now. Can UNLV win the Mountain West? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got... Well, uh, he's uh, they, they got... Why can't they? What's stopping them? Not the other teams. Yeah, not them. Yeah, not who they play. I guess at some point they're they're probably going to lose a conference game, but I just it, it feels like this is a team that has a legitimate shot to win the conference. Yeah, they got a they have a quarterback who I could see winning the conference or con- competing at that level. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Like I could see Doug Brumfield playing in the conference championship game and throwing the ball thirty times and giving you a chance to win. So, um, yeah, and they are, I think, number two in the country in interceptions as a defense as of now. Um, it's, yeah, I, you look around the Mountain West, and there's no one that's head and shoulders above UNLV. They're, UNLV may be, uh, this UNLV-San Jose State matchup may be, you know, for, that may be eventually deciding which of those teams wins that division and plays in the championship game, so... Yeah, it's, it's strange days where UNLV is playing a, a huge game in uh, in Week 6. Now, they're 2-0 in conference. We know what the rest of the conference, especially their side, has done and how they've looked. Um, do you say that more, and you talked about Renfield, do you say that more because of what we think the other their side is uh, in terms of deficiencies on other teams, or do you think they're just that good? I think UNLV's offense is good enough to dictate to just about anyone um, especially when they're they're healthy. What we saw against New Mexico over the weekend was UNLV without two of its top three receivers. They plugged a couple guys in. Um, it took them some time to get going, but they did get going and they did enough to win. And I liked what I saw from Doug Brumfield, where he's he's not working with wide open guys, the guys he's used to. He's um, he sort of uh, had trust in some guys that he you know. Uh, Kelvin Souter has made the first four catches of his career, and, you know, they're all going for first downs. And I really like the way that Doug Brumfield was able to work with that, that group of receivers against New Mexico. So, for instance, when UNLV plays San Diego State, 
you know, San Diego State's got a good defense, but I expect UNLV to be able to do all the things they want to do on offense. I think they've reached that point where they dictate the terms of what happens on that side of the ball. So give Doug Brumfield uh, credit for that. What would be your biggest concern offensively? Is it the wide receiver health? Yeah, uh, that's up there. Um, I, I don't believe in their running game yet. Um, I think their offensive line is, is good. Uh, I, I don't know. Are, if, if a game turns into a ground-based battle or some situation where you've got to run the ball, I don't see what, I mean, you know, I'm, it's not, you know, 1970. I don't know why a game would devolve into that. You, but if for some reason they have to run the ball, I'm not sure if they can run the ball when another opponent is expecting it and they know it's coming. If they're in a four-minute situation trying to run out the clock at the end of a game, they may have to do that. They may have to get creative with Doug Brumfield running, using his legs, something like that. Um, but other than that, like I don't see the weaknesses on offense. You know, they've got like the, a very deep, explosive receiving core, probably the best in the conference. Brumfield is hitting the open man. He's very accurate. I don't. I look around the league. I don't know who's who's better than them on offense. You said second in the country in interceptions. Uh... Best defense we've seen in a long, long time out there. Uh, a long time, given what the past has been in terms of giving up yards and points. What changed? Recruiting. It's it's all recruiting on that side of the ball. They are just they're big enough and fast enough and physical enough to compete now. Uh, I think you see that mostly on the the most stark difference is short yardage plays. Third and short, fourth and short. UNLV is just stoning people in all these short yarded situations because suddenly their defense is, is bigger and more physical than the guys in front of them, which you I've never been able to say about UNLV. Uh, we've seen in years past where uh, opponents could roll out their second string offensive line and still blow UNLV off the ball. And that's just, that's not happening this year. They've just got, and we've seen times when UNLV has had, you know, one guy on the defensive line, they've got a Mike Hughes in there or you know, they've got a, a one defensive player somewhere, um, low to lay like they've got some one guy and but everyone else is terrible. And now I think they've got a bunch of good guys who are capable of not just competing but like just winning their matchups. So when you've got multiple guys winning your matchups up front, that's it, it's a complete game changer on defense. I'm not saying the defense is great. I still think that their their pass coverage is not up to par, despite the interceptions. That's good playmaking, but they leave a lot of guys open. But, yeah, I just think recruiting. Marcus Arroyo gets the credit for that. Um, he went to the transfer portal. He's brought in guys who are mature, ready to play, and they, they win. How do you think Tony Sanchez feels watching a quarterback he brought to UNLV be potentially the best in the conference? Uh, not as good as Marcus Arroyo feels about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Yeah, I, when you look back at... Uh, how it all transpired, it's, you see it a lot in sports where it's like the smallest thing ends up meaning so much where it's, this is just a quarterback that Marcus Arroyo inherited. And, and, and Doug Brumfield also entered the transfer portal during spring practice. Like if, if Doug Brumfield wasn't here, like you shudder to think about what this team would look like. Like we've seen, like, you know, Cameron Friel looked all right last year. I mean, we saw Harrison Bailey in the opener for a little bit. I, I know they're not four and one without Doug Brumfield. Um, so yeah, yeah. Having him around, it turned out to be a very good thing for Marcus Arroyo. 
I sat with you yesterday at the food court there uh-huh. at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, it was yeah. a nice, nice breakfast uh, for everybody. Had some waffles, had some bacon. Uh, there was all kinds of food out for everyone. And there were also hash browns. Was it a hash brown? Yeah. It was a hash brown. It was a hash brown. Right. But it was shaped in a way that there was a, it was a little more crunchy. It wasn't like all in, you know, split up. It was shaped as one large hash brown. Cassie Soto put more ketchup on it than there is in, in the entire state. <laughs> and no, thank you. Uh, but uh, what did you think? It was your first hash brown ever. I it's it's just a potato, right? It's a potato based food. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Shredded potato formed into a shape. Yeah, no, it was good. It's like a potato patty. Good. I, it was it was it was fine. It was um, crunchy and it was plain. You affect, so I'm, I'm into that. You effectively had uh, like a McDonald's style hash brown because that's yes. how they serve them. If you went to like an actual diner type restaurant and ordered hash browns, they would been not shredded. be they would not be formed into this patty. They would no. just be you know right. They just, it's like it's like a shredded potato, and they just kind of spread it out over the the big metal grill. Right. That's what I'm picturing yes. in my head. Yes, and then they throw it on the plate with the eggs and the bacon. Would you eat a hash brown with cheese on it? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I might, Is it? but I don't, I, I just, it's, it's, but I don't, it's too much like for breakfast because I'm already that if I put cheese on it, then that becomes the main, what about onions? The, the, that becomes the main course of my breakfast. That becomes the centerpiece. And I'd rather have like a waffle or a pancake or something like that. Did you have the halftime food? No, I went out to look at halftime and it was, um, it was like a, a taco or like a Mexican Bread. Yes, had some wings as well though. Had some wings. No, no, I'm, no. That's that's no. not for me. I didn't. No. I didn't partake. The line was about six hours long. Long line. Yeah, long, long, long line. line. So that's that's not that's not my thing. I'm not going to wait in line for um, any food at a, <laughs> at a uh, like in that situation. So um, <laughs> that's no, 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 no. I'll leave that for for other people. Did you? Try, you were no. I, the food? line. The line was just ridiculous. So I turned back around. All right. No. Enjoy. I'm glad you had a hash brown for once. I'm glad you actually might have enjoyed it. Try it with cheese next time. He's Mike Gramala from the Las Vegas Sun. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Oh, you got to witness it in person. I took a picture. Oh, you did? And I sent it to you. How apprehensive was he about eating that? Slow to the bite. Oh, man. Slow to the bite. And it's just a potato, and he, he eats he, that food. He picked it up, and he knew there was some kind of crunch coming. When he bit into it, that's a good. That's tell. good. He could tell that there was a crunch you, coming. That's a good. That's normally yeah. a positive attribute. It's like ah, it's, there's going to be some. Should have seen soda with the ketchup. Oh, oh man, ketchup on hash browns. No. That's not terrible. Uh, that's not the worst thing. That's I, not the worst thing. I can't do it. So would you eat? I guess you do it with French fries. I was going to say, like, can you imagine putting on like a baked potato or mashed potatoes? I, I can mean, imagine putting it on the ribeye. <laughs> I will say I used to like saute vegetables and then like immersion blend them into like kind of a paste and then put them in the mashed potatoes so that I could be like, they're healthy. They are healthy. All right, we got tickets to give away. Eddie Vedder, the lead singer of Pearl Jam, is playing this Friday at Dolby Live at Park MGM, and we've got a pair of tickets. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to go see Eddie Vedder, the lead singer of Pearl Jam, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Be caller number nine right now. Trio receivers to the right. Mahomes fires. Kelsey over the middle. Inside the 10. Fires. Linked to the end zone. Touchdown. Kansas City. Two plays after a fumble kickoff. The 
Chiefs get a touchdown. They fake the trap. Now Mahomes scrambling to his right, holding it, holding it, gets off the hit, now lunging forward, and now fires it late, caught at the back of the end zone. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Mahomes with the touchdown pass. His second touchdown pass of this game, the 161st of his career. That is the most touchdown passes by any NFL quarterback in history in the first 67 games. Four seconds on the play clock, now a direct snap, and the Chiefs trying to show forward touchdown. They give it to Noah Gray. It's the old Blake Bell play. Noah Gray becomes the belldozer, comes over and does the quarterback sneak. Second and goal to go, Chiefs at the 10, slant. It is caught, it's caught by Jody Fortson, rolls into the end zone, touchdown! Kansas City, Jody Fortson singled on the near side against Carlton Davis. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Jared is making Kansas City Chiefs rejoins for himself and himself yes, only. exactly. I said in the break, this might be the most gratuitous thing I've ever done. Um, in Major League Baseball, one of the funniest things happened over the weekend. The Braves swept the Mets. And what that meant was going into Friday's game, the Mets had a one-game lead in the NL East. And all the Braves had to do was win one game in that series, and they would Mets. clinch the tiebreaker. The Mets. Against, yeah, excuse me. The Mets, Mets win right. one, and they would clinch the right. tiebreaker against the Braves. The Braves swept the Mets. Therefore, the Braves now have a two-game lead in the NL East and the tiebreaker, which means the only way that the Mets can now win the NL East is they have to sweep the Nationals, and the Marlins have to sweep the Braves. So the Braves have won the East. Yes. Uh, which means the Mets are going to be in a wild card game. Most likely, it's not clinched yet, but most likely it would be against the San Diego Padres, and the Mets Padres winner would play the Dodgers. Oh, if it's the Padres, you'll never see me. What are you more afraid of? Because you've spent Padres. three months telling us that Scherzer and DeGrom doesn't matter. Can't beat Scherzer and DeGrom. Couldn't lose to the Padres. It would just be I'd be in under the covers for two weeks. I don't know what the actual probability is, but I'm guessing. If the Dodgers played the Padres in the NLDS, the Dodgers would have like a 70% chance of winning the series. But if they played the Mets, they'd only have like a 60% chance mm-hmm. of winning that series. And you would rather play the Mets because you're cannot so horrified. You cannot take the chance of losing to the you're Padres. You're so horrified yes, of that 30% oh chance of losing to the Padres. I mean, they're better than the Padres, but... Yes, they're better than the Mets, too. The playoffs and... it was You know my feelings about the Padres. You know my feelings. It's also the MLB playoffs where literally the Guardians guy, are going to win the World Series. Yeah, yeah like a guy's know. a guy's arm is just going right. to stop working, and it's like, well, he was a shutdown closer. Yeah, yeah, we know the, Gar- the Cleveland Guardians are winning the World Series. Um, so it's going to happen. Man, I, I it couldn't have worked out worse for the Dodgers. No, where your NLDS no. matchup is either the Padres or or the, the Mets. Mets. I don't think it could have been any worse. No, of all the teams you could have possibly played in your first playoff series. For it to be Dodgers or Dodgers versus Mets or Padres is probably the worst to both have good rotations. Right. And one of them you are absolutely mortified of losing to. Yes. Oh, you have no idea. (laughs) You have no idea. And even though they beat them, I think like 14 out of 18 times this year, I mean, they completely dominated them. It wasn't even close. Ed, shouldn't you just be happy that you got, you got your championship? Tyler got his championship. 
Like, everybody's happy. It's time for the Cleveland Guardians <laughs> to, win a to, win, to win a championship. No, I do not want the Cleveland Guardians to win the championship. It's time for the St. Louis Cardinals to randomly go on a run. No, they have, they've had plenty. They have guys that are still playing from the last time they won the World Series. Three of them. Have we had a repeat since, like, 2015? No. No. The last no. repeat was the Yankees, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought the last... No, no. the Giants. No, they never won back-to-back. They won no, every well, I meant, year. No, I meant the last time we've had, like, a grouping of... Oh, winning. yeah, yeah. Like, it, the Giants they won, won three, three out of five. five they won years. every odd year for yeah, five years. they won years. three out of five years. Yeah, and then it was like, Royals, Cubs, Randos, yeah. Nationals. Like, yeah. It's been different. You know, um... I mean, it's just, it's amazing yesterday when they start putting up Pujols' numbers and he, I guess, he, you know, he tied, uh, just these, this sentence, I always thought it was crazy when Twitter says, he is now tied Babe Ruth. <laughs> I mean, put that in perspective. He's now tied Babe Ruth for RBI. Okay, did you see yesterday they pulled Wainwright in the middle of an inning um, and they also pulled Pujols and Yadier Molina? Okay. So all three could walk off the field together. Oh, okay. All right. right. Okay. What are you doing? Why are you taking Albert Pujols out of a baseball game? I know he got to 700, but let that guy keep getting as many at-bats as possible. And they pulled him from Beat the game. Beat Babe Ruth in the RBI yes. level. He's already tied yes. Babe Ruth. What, why would you pull that guy from a game just to give him this stupid moment of walking off the field? It's not even his last home. They're going to have a home game in the playoffs. They're going to have... Well, they're going to have at least three. Yeah. And it's like, ah, it's the last regular season home game. Let's let them leave together with it. No. Get him the at-bats. He's going he's gonna to play today, too. It's like if they were out of the playoffs and it was like, ah, it's last time, maybe. Stupid. Unbelievable. All right. Let me tell you something. <laughs> no even, sentimentality here. Let me tell you. So, no. He's I, playing hold again. On. You know what's better? 703 home runs. Yeah. I, you do that the last game. When you're out of the playoffs. Are you like in the, if you're well, like. Are they still home? Yeah, yeah, they get all three at home. No, oh, no. are they still today? home now? No, 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 idea. no, they have to be on the road or they wouldn't have done it. It'd be really stupid if they did it and they were home. No, again. I mean, that would have been. Pools is right back buffoonery. in the lineup at Bush. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, hey, we're doing it today again, so be ready. Yeah. New group of fans. New group of fans. Can I, can I tell you what I'm going to do that's extremely dumb? Do you know what the 999 challenge is? Yes, yes. The nine hot dogs, the nine, nine beers, beers in nine, nine innings of baseball. Yeah. Uh, so the Astros play the Phillies last three games of the year. I've got a friend who's a Phillies fan, and we are going to do that tonight. Tonight? Yeah. Uh, uh, who's making the hot dogs? Yeah, he is. I He's like going it. over to his house. Yep. You know we have a show tomorrow. Right. Less concerned about that. I faint when I eat too much, so. Yeah, the beer, he's fine. <laughs> Can we get Adam and Lindsay on the phone? <laughs> because I don't like his chances. Oh, come on, man. We'll host it. Yeah, I don't my, like his My chances. dad is driving me over there and driving me back to make sure I. What kind of beer do you like? I'm actually going to drink one of the ciders that J.R. Starkus made a drink oh, with okay. a while ago. All right. They're very good. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to have a whole bunch of condiments to try out on hot dogs. I can't eat the same one over and over.